Hello, and welcome to Open for Business, a corporate travel and expense podcast powered by TripActions. Open for Business is a series of conversations about corporate travel and expenses. We're speaking to the big picture thinkers and the frontline decision makers, the circles and squares charting the future of travel technology and corporate t management. Airlines, hotels, rental car companies, and train lines have worked hard to come up with the guidelines and practices needed to ensure that they could open their doors again with confidence. Although we're already seeing signs of travel rebounding with booking activity recovering steadily week over week, most frequent flyers are uncertain what business travel looks like today. We're bringing together the frequent flyers who have started traveling to learn more about the new realities for road warriors. Today, we're sitting down with Louise Miller, Managing Partner at Arika Consulting, and Mark Goldberger, Director of Enterprise Travel Management at TripActions, to hear about their travel experiences on the ground and in the skies. Thank you so much for joining us on the TripActions podcast today. I would love to first just hear a little bit about each of your roles and experience in the corporate travel industry. This is Louise Miller. Um, I've been a managing partner for Eureka Consulting in the Americas for two years now. Uh, prior to that, I spent 23 years with the top global TMC in a variety of roles reporting to the CEO. I feel super fortunate to have been a road warrior for the past 25 years. And um, bringing that experience to my role is probably the single most valuable part of, of what I do. Um, additionally, I've been fortunate to work with many different sizes of companies and many different sectors on such a wide range of projects. Um, for the past two years, I primarily do strategy work, um, helping corporates figure out um, better ways to manage their, their value chain, their travel value chain, um, including suppliers, technology, etc. So um, enjoy my time on the road, anxious to get back to it. Um, in the meantime, just surviving on webinars and podcasts like everyone else. I've been with TripActions for uh, just about two and a half years now, uh, working, uh, helping to lead our enterprise sales uh, around the world. So I uh, started as an enterprise sales account executive. Uh, and then uh, as we've been scaling, uh, now I'm helping to, to, to lead the team forward uh, from the West Coast, the East Coast, EMEA, as we're, we're really scaling quite rapidly um, across enterprises around the world. So I'm fortunate that I get to work with uh, some of the largest, most complex global programs that we're supporting today from a travel perspective, um, interfacing with uh, a lot of Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 type companies. Uh, and before coming to TripActions, uh, I actually uh, I worked at a, a, another SaaS company. And before that, I actually worked in the wine business. So uh, I've been a road warrior for, for most of my career, but whether I was a wine buyer, wine distributor, wine importer, traveling around the world, now I'm, uh, I'm doing it for from a different angle, but uh, I've always loved travel, and uh, and I'm excited to to help participate in in, in the industry's recovery here um, because it is something that that's in my blood, and I think in so many other people's blood to to be able to travel and experience the world. You each mentioned that you were road warriors, so I'd like to take us back uh, until prior to 2020. What was your usual? travel schedule like? How often were you traveling? Were you an early morning flight person? Or maybe you loved rental cars and taking that long drive. Can you tell me a little bit about your um, the cadence of your business travel and how you like to travel? My favorite thing to do every day was to figure out how to get to the next level um, with my Uber account for my status. <laughs> uh, I would consider myself a, a, one of the top 
Uber users. Um, I would do 40 to 50 business trips a year, um, many of them international. I would say I spent 90% of my time in uh, the Americas as well as Europe, uh, 10% other you know, places. And um, very fortunate to fly all different carriers, um, use different rental car companies, and a significant user of uh, Airbnb, VRBO, as well as hotels, um, obviously. Spent a lot of nights um, in hotels. Most of my trips are pretty long. With COVID, which I know we'll talk about in a bit, um, definitely a super user of, of everything along the way from a transportation and accommodation perspective. For me, I, I would typically be traveling two weeks out of every month. Some months were, were a little bit more, uh, like three weeks. Uh, I do have uh, two little boys at home, so I, I try to uh, at least be home on, on weekends and, and, and for a couple weeks a month if I can. Um, most of my travel uh, have been domestic, but I would typically take three or four trips to to Europe per year. Um, in 2020, what was interesting is I, I had been planning to go to uh, to China on a business trip and, and actually an Australia trip, both of which had been uh, canceled, unfortunately, because of COVID. But in normal times, I'd say two to three weeks a month, uh, I'd be on the road, definitely loyalty-led. Um, I uh, almost always fly on the same airline uh, and, and stay in the same hotel chain. Uh, I love to have that top tier status and, and be able to have the convenience and the amenities that, that go along with it. And although we've been seeing business travel increase every week, the bookings in the Trip Actions app are increasing on a weekly basis, which is interesting and exciting to see. Um, we don't always know people who are traveling right now. So I think it's created a bit of a, um, just a barrier or a challenge imagining what it might be like compared to what we're reading online or seeing in the news. So I'd love to hear about your most recent travel experiences, where you went, why you went, and what did you, um, what did you experience? I was on the road just uh, two weeks ago. So I was, uh, I was traveling very, very recently. Um, it was a, it was a family trip uh, as opposed to a business trip, but it was really nice all the same to kind of get away from, from the world of video conferencing and, and actually see some, some places. So we took a road trip up from the San Francisco Bay area, all the way up to the Canadian border, uh, the San Juan islands and, and back. So logged a lot of miles in a van with uh, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Um, but we got to see some amazing sites. And, and I think what was really, really incredible, um, it's just the, the the graciousness um, and the gratitude from from hospitality professionals um, who understand. I mean, one, they're making incredible sacrifices or putting putting their own you know lives on the line uh, and their livelihoods, um, and they're just so happy to 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 see people traveling, to see people um, who are uh, you know customers and 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 coming through their doors, and and so. Um, I, I've always loved the hospitality industry. I think now is a, a really special time where everyone is is appreciating each other, um, and it's really exciting to see. And and, and frankly, um, you know, while people are concerned about travel, the the fact is, I've never seen so many sanitizer stations and for hand sanitizer, everyone wearing masks. I mean, there is a way to to travel safely, the same way there is to to go to an office safely or uh, or or to you know go to the supermarket safely, uh, and so. I think it's important that people recognize that. Interesting to hear you talk about the sanitation centers and also everybody wearing masks. And I think that it's those kinds of precautions that will 
help us get back to business travel where we were as quickly as possible. Oh, absolutely. I'm, and I'm, it's not that I wasn't ready to get on a plane. I'm ready to get on a plane uh, yesterday. Um, it's more about uh, just, you know, having the, the customers and the prospects who, who have their offices opened up and, and are ready to see us as well. So I think if we, if we all just kind of look around and, and say, okay, we're, we're in a better place now um, with people wearing masks, we have the, the, the right setup and configuration to be able to do this, then, then we can get back to the way things were. Uh, myself and my family are probably the the exception, not the rule for sure. Um, I've personally been on 12 different flights since uh, middle of March. And um, with my uh, children, uh, who are all young adults, um, uh, more than 20 flights between the, the four of us. And the reason is several fold. Number one, I've actually had a few business trips, which I can talk about. Um, two, um, we, it's the end of the college year, right? So you have college students either graduating or transitioning back home or to an internship. And so, um, two of my three sons are in, are in that situation. So we had some college, uh, moves and relocations, um, post-college moves to deal with, uh, U-Haul trucks. Does that count as transportation? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, just visiting friends and family. Um, I have, um, it's funny when you, I think of the airports, um, all of my family are in kind of secondary airports. Um, none of us live or next to a New York airport or a San Francisco type airport. And so to, to visit and to help each other, we, we've got to fly at least one connection. So, um, Definitely an extensive number of trips. We've covered all the six major airlines in the U.S., Alaska, JetBlue, Southwest, United American, and Delta. Um, I've been on five of those six between the family. We've been on all six. Um, let's say this is, I'm in an Airbnb right now talking to you. Um, this is my third, third Airbnb. Um, right now I'm visiting family. And so I had to quarantine for a week prior to seeing the my grandchildren and um, same with transportation, a mix of Uber, um, some Lyft in there actually. And um, uh, I have a rental car right now parked in the driveway and um, went to Napa Valley for uh, some fun. Uh, speaking of wine tasting earlier in the call and, um, and also um, um, Yosemite national park, which was quite interesting to try to get in there. We had to pay for a private tour because they shut down the, the passes due to the, to the pandemic. So it's been fun trying to, you know, quarantine slash vacation. And then it's been fun, you know, getting all around the country. Uh, I think our destinations have included Baton Rouge, uh, Atlanta, New York, Boston, Dallas, San Francisco, Fresno, um, so quite, quite the list um, of, of different places to visit. And, you know, I think we're all feeling the same, those of us who have been on the road. The hospitality by the staff that take care of us on these trips, um, it's amazing because think back, we were extremely fortunate. We had five plus years of extraordinary investment and in service by hospitality providers, ground providers, airlines, you know, you couldn't walk through an airport without all the conveniences. I need a spa. I need a club. You, you could find it all. And to, to travel this much in the past three months and to miss that less than I thought I would, it's because of the people and the customer service that we're getting and the safety, you know, people are respecting whether it's required or not the masks and that just uh, eases your mind. So I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. 
Well, that is a lot of travel. And I think that you probably have some observations and insights that um, our audience would love to hear about. Let's start with the airports. What were some differences that you noticed about the process of either checking in or going through security or boarding your flight? So the first thing is, you know, a typical somewhat frequent traveler would likely have in the U.S. a TSA pre-check. Well, you know, TSA pre-check isn't always open and there are lines that you wouldn't think are there. So you absolutely have to allow more time. There's, there's no question about that. The airlines have less staff. So if you have to check a bag, you might not have that curbside check-in. You might have to go inside and there might be a line, even if you're in business class or first class. So number one rule, you, you've got to get there two hours in advance. Uh, you know, as a road warrior, I was pushing it 45 minutes to an hour. I, I never had to go more than that. Now I have to go two hours in advance. Um, but again, they make the process easy. You feel like, you know, people are respectful of the regulations and um, it's, it's very manageable. It doesn't feel hectic, even though it takes a little bit longer. Um, and then I would say boarding also, they've changed the boarding protocol. So if you're used to a certain sequence of boarding for a carrier, um, you know, you have to be open-minded and, and realize that they're, they're changing the order for your safety. A lot of airlines are boarding from the rear first. And those of us who are road warriors have status, uh, we're used to getting on first. So um, luckily, they're not so overcrowded. So there's room for your carry on either way. Um, so I would say, you know, not, not really a concern about a carry on, um, but that hasn't been a concern at all. Um, you know, once on board, you know, obviously there's limited service. Each airline's doing it a little bit different, but you normally get a water and a, and a um a, tr- a snack. Some airlines on flights that are a little bit longer are giving um, a choice of beverage. They actually bring the beverage cart out and you can get, you know, Coca-Cola or Pepsi. Um, but again, no, no alcohol, obviously on board at this point in time for domestic flights. Um, you know, I would say that the flights are very um, relaxing because, you know, their, their flight attendants aren't rushing around trying to deliver multiple services on the flight. So it's calmer in a way. I would say food and exercise are the top things that I really have to think about a lot more. I, I can't be assured that some place will be open that has a healthy choice for me, especially if you're leaving before 8 a.m. or arriving after 8 p.m. Things aren't open the same amount of hours, even if it says our food outlets are open, maybe, but they're not open as many hours. And then the same with exercise. I haven't been able to get into a gym anywhere and I've traveled extensively as I've shared. So I have to carry around little strengthening bands and, you know, extra, extra little doodads to work out with because I can't always get in the gym if I don't plan in in advance. So again, overall, I'm impressed with the way the suppliers are handling things. I feel good when I travel. It just takes longer. Oh, I forgot to mention the connections. My favorite right now is, you know, one connection is the new nonstop. (laughs) So where we were so spoiled before we could get nonstop most places. Now I'm just thrilled if I have one connection with less than a four hour layover. It does indeed sound relaxing that there is a little bit of a calmer, more maybe conscious approach to moving through that flight process. Mark, how did you find renting a car? Was that process different than it had been in the past? 
renting a car is fine. And, and, and we're definitely seeing an increase in the number of, of car rentals or people renting cars these days um, as a, you know, for, for short distances, uh, maybe like a Boston, New York trip, uh, I'd be more likely to, you know, to rent a car than, than to take a flight these days. Um, it's, it's a matter of personal preference, but the ease of use is definitely there for, 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 for me, I, I definitely agree with Louise about, uh, about her experience. I think there, there, there are trade-offs, right? So uh, there are some things that are going to be less stressful, some things that will be more stressful. And ultimately, um, you end up in, in about the same place. It's, you know, do you have the appetite for, for temperature scanning and, 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 uh, and COVID screening questions? Um, but hey, you don't have to fight for overhead bin space. I think over, overall, what I would suggest, though, is that um, as Louise uh, echo or to look to echo Louise um, is really that people are, are more respectful and I think more patient than than they typically are um, and and that's sort of refreshing because travel has always been sort of frenetic and chaotic and can be frustrating even when things go right now it, it actually has relieved some of that pressure um, and and allowed people to to kind of be more comfortable, even in this uncomfortable environment. You mentioned that you each had stayed in hotels and Airbnbs. What did you notice about the sanitation processes there? Were there things in place that made you feel safe about staying in a home that wasn't your own? I only stayed in in, in hotels on, on on these recent trips, and, and I am loyalty led in that way. So, uh, so certainly taking advantage of of that. Um, we were we were very uh, it, it was very clear to us what the sanitation process was and the cleaning process was before we had ever booked the properties where, where we were staying. Um, but it was also uh, sort of eye opening to know that the uh, the cleaning staff weren't going to come in every day and make the bed and and and, and, and clean up um, because they want to limit contact. And so um, there are certain changes that um, that you just need to be aware of um, that are done specifically for safety, but also because staff levels are lower uh, and things like that. In the Airbnb, the first Airbnb I stayed in, there was a sticker on the door and it said, you know, sanitized in the name of the company. So that made me feel more comfortable because it was a private, you know, condo. Um, at this, this next Airbnb I stayed at, um, the, you know, the, the owner called and talked to me when I got there and walked me through a checklist, making sure that I was comfortable. You know, they provided extra hand sanitizer, um, you know, disinfectant wipes. Um, you know, they, I, I actually called to see if I could check in a little bit easier, earlier because I was running ahead of schedule. And he was like, nope, I have to allow, you know, I'm, I'm allowing two days between renters and the, the 48 hours isn't up. So three o'clock is the earliest you can get in. Um, same with the checkout. You know, he was a very, very uh, gracious explaining when his next guest was checking in and why it was important to leave at a certain time. And, um, you know, really just wanted to make sure that I understood why some things that you normally can do um, didn't weren't pop part of the plan this time. On the hotels, one thing I didn't mention, but I thought was really interesting is that some properties, you know, all of their restaurants are closed or the amenities like the gyms are closed to your point earlier, Louise. Um, but some are opening them uh, by appointment. So if you want to use the gym, you have to actually schedule time in advance and think, now what time do I want to use the gym tomorrow and actually call them and, and make a reservation or for the pool uh, as well. And so, 
um, it was nice to see that some facilities were were being opened up, but but opened up in a responsible way. I think that we've touched on a few of the different challenges, but also benefits of traveling right now. Something that I'd like to dive into a little bit more is the travel managers that are listening and how they can help their business travelers prepare to travel again. I think it's really important to for a travel manager to define um, or to help define what travel is essential, um, what travel is coming back first, and then how they're going to open it up, what their plan is to have to start that dialogue and to really be communicative. Um, they need to ensure that travelers have the most relevant, up-to-date information. There's a, a lot of uh, a lot of thoughts and 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 message boards and all sorts of uh, information that that's flying around out there, and not all of it is correct. And so I think it's really important to be a, a source of truth for your travelers and for your employees, um, again, to make sure that they have the, the most relevant, up-to-date information, as well as to share recommendations on how to stay safe, what's open, what's available, um, and how to how to conduct business in a, in a manner that, that is safe and productive, uh, and ultimately uh, a positive, uh, produces a positive business outcome for the company. One of the things we're seeing is uh, more and more travel managers are uh, getting to the point where they're ready to survey travelers. What is the traveler sentiment? Um, you know, how do they feel? What is going to make them uh, feel more comfortable deciding to travel? To, to get into the minds of the, the travelers and where their thought process is, you know, finding out how many of them have already traveled for visit friends and family or some of the reasons that I've traveled, right? Finding out, um, you know, what kinds of things are going to make them feel comfortable. There's the obvious things where the government's you know, allow free movement across borders or you don't have to have an exception. I mean, that's a big trigger. Uh, schools going back into session in person instead of video. That's a big trigger for people to travel because of children and daycare and just the logic of it. So if, if it's not safe enough for my ch child to go to school, how is it safe enough for me to go to an airport? And that's not a direct fact correlation, but it's a, it's a thought process that I think travel managers need to really you know, think about. Um, and, you know, there's such a mix. We have uh, counties that are returning to school and the kids are going to be live. We have counties across the country that are doing hybrid and we have, you know, counties that are going to do homeschooling again for the fall and uh, universities the same. So that's a big, a big thing to watch. Um, and, and I think that, you know, talking to your suppliers and understanding what is their plan to help you. I, I feel like the entire uh, service platform, uh, TMC centric service platform is maybe the single most critical understanding. How are you going to help your TMC know what your volume is going to be so that they can be prepared for your calls? Best guess. Instead of saying, we have no idea. We're starting to see customers try to plan. What might the return look like? 10%, 20% of 2019 or more. Um, we're also seeing, um, you know, education uh, being prepared. I mean, it's it, but ready for more just in time because things are changing so fast. If you try to bombard the, the travelers who aren't even ready to travel with information right now, it may not really be very timely. So we see travel buyers preparing that information, but holding a lot of it back until there's a true 
uh, interest to travel. Um, also, you know, there are companies out there that are traveling 10, 20, 30% of their 2019 levels already because they handle infrastructure or government or they're involved in the food supply industry. Um, natural resources. So there are travelers out there, the, the planes that I've been on, actually, some of them have been 50, 60%, you know, full. But for the vast majority of travel managers, um, changing from what do I need to do to service a traveler that, that has to go now versus when it's optional and when people are starting to proactively take business trips, it's going to be a bit of a different, you know, mindset. Absolutely. And I think, I think you hit on something there, which is, you know, your, your TMC really should be a partner for you. Um, they should be able to provide you with, with insights and information to help guide the decision-making process for you as a travel manager and for you as a traveler to inform that, you know, at the point of purchase and beyond to make sure that, that you are keeping your, your travelers and your employees safe. My right? duty of care has to be paramount here. Um, you know, it's, it's, if it, before it was, it was one of the most important things. It's probably the most important thing, right? You need to make sure that your employees are safe, um, that you know where they are and, and you can't do that if they're booking off platform or, or they're doing their own thing. So you really have to partner with your TMC there. And I think you, you, you hit on something Louise as well, that, that kind of struck me, which is, uh, you know, the travel managers that, or, or, or people in businesses that sort of throw up their hands in the air and say, you know, that, uh, we have no idea. Um, it's, it's true that none of us know how this, how long this is going to last or, or what's going to happen. And yet you do still have to plan. Um, there's a, a travel manager I spoke with recently who said, well, we're not going to have any, any kind of travel whatsoever for the next two years. And it's like, wow, two years, that's, that's a really long time to be thinking that you're not going to be traveling. Did you plan, you know, two years ago that COVID was going to happen? Cause if you did, that would be amazing foresight. Um, you know, the reality is we don't know necessarily what's going to happen two months from now, let alone two years from now, but we have to plan for, you know, what are the what are the most likely scenarios here? And there will be a return to business because travel is such an engine for growth in, in, in the global economy. Um, and meetings are, are just so much better face-to-face. -face. They're more productive. They're more efficient. Um, I, I have video conferencing fatigue at the end of every day, and, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone. Uh, it's, there, there's something about being on the road and, and meeting with people um, that, really, um, that really makes a difference. And I don't think that we can, we can get away from that for, for too long. As human beings, we're just naturally social animals. Um, and, and so we, we feel that, that desire to connect. And, and it will happen. And when you talk to the, the people who are on the road and have commercial targets that they have to hit for the company to grow, they realize that there is a time limit that's ticking. And if we don't get back on the road and see people and build trust, most of these complex things that, that we would sell in our space are trust-based decisions, first and foremost. They, they need to trust your tech. They need to trust your service. They need to trust the, the value proposition of the company. And so I really believe that, um, you know, it's, it's valuable. And I would say that if, if I look at the survey data, 60 to 70% of the people surveyed, and this is about a thousand different people from about six different companies, they're 60 to 70% are saying they cannot sustain and hit their commercial target in 2020 without traveling. And I think that 
that says a lot. I'd say, you know, I don't think anyone is advocating for throwing COVID parties or, you know, being irresponsible no. about the way that that we travel or, or, or move about the world. Um, it, it needs to be balanced. It needs to be right. balanced with with safety and, and, and security in mind. Um, and, and for people who are more at risk, you know, certainly they should continue to you know, follow all the guidelines of, of, of health professionals. Um, but for many other people, uh, there are ways to, to travel and, and, and conduct uh, work and, and do so safely. And, and for them, uh, and, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm in that group as well. Um, I'm really excited to, to see customers and prospects uh, again, live face to face to, to be able to have a dinner uh, or, or, or to do those things like we used to, because to your point, Louise, uh, when, when, when you have a trust based business, uh, it's so important to have that, that FaceTime um, and not the, uh, not the video conferencing FaceTime, but the actual FaceTime. There are different rules and regulations around how you can change and cancel tickets today. Is there anything that, um, what do you think that travelers should be keeping in mind when they're booking? I think it's, again, having a TMC and booking experience where where they're partnering with you and providing you with the context and the information is really important. Uh, you know, most most airfares today are going to be refundable. You're you're going to be allowed to make changes. Uh, you're going to be allowed to uh, cancel or to be able to have a um, uh, credit attached to the account for for quite a while. Um, it's good to understand what those rules are. Those should be surfaced for you during the booking experience, right? They shouldn't be buried. Uh, you should be able to have that information. You should also have a TMC that that has agent support available to you, and in, in, in my belief, twenty four seven, so that if you're on the road or you're about to take a trip or you need any assistance, that you you have someone who is an expert who's there to be able to help you and guide you and shepherd you through that process. Process, um, whether it's exchanging a, an unused ticket or, or or getting a name change waiver as a travel manager for for one of your employees, or or simply by being on the road, um, you really need to have that that agent support now more than ever. And, and it's interesting because, of course, a lot of TMCs have, have furloughed uh, you know large percentages of of their employees and their agents. Um, but for the people who are traveling, like they they actually need the agents now more than ever. And so. Um, you know, it would be great to see uh, to see a rebound there, but but frankly, again, just a TMC that's partnering with you to to make this complicated and 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 process that that can be painful um, to actually remove that frustration from that process. The same way that Louise and I, you know, to kind of go full circle, have been talking about hotels, airlines, the hospitality aspect of of traveling today. Um, it'd be great to see that from from the TMCs as well to, to actually be able to help travelers um, in, a, in a meaningful way. When I think about the booking process and even the support that the TMCs need to provide on trip, um, I totally agree that it's more important than ever. We were in this world uh, where we had so many conveniences and so many options. And, you know, coming from a TMC background, of course, I'm a, a true believer in, in the value that the TMCs bring. But, you know, if my flights just canceled and they're putting me on one that's in an hour, a lot of times the app would just tell me that, right? And if I um, need to cancel my trip, you know, I really need to remember to go back through the TMC so that my changes to my trip are reflected in the TMC's data for duty of care. That that was not happening all the time. And it certainly didn't happen when we had to cancel a lot of trips for COVID. And so the travel manager's duty of care data was affected. 
because they they didn't tell their travelers that they really need to go back to the TMC to cancel. But to me, one of the biggest values is um, you know during disruption. You know, before I was mentioning that in the old pre-COVID world, if you were just moving me to a flight an hour later, wasn't going to miss my hotel room, nothing else was going to happen. The, the TMC didn't have a high value proposition to engage in that little change. But disruptions now are going to be much more difficult. If there's only, you know, uh, two flights a day with one connection on carrier X, and I have a disruption, it's, it could be days till that carrier can get me to where I'm going. So having a TMC involved to shop across uh, providers and, and get you where you need to go without totally missing your meeting. <laughs> How many people can take a two, three day delay on a business trip? It's unheard of. So I think the disruption uh, services that TMCs provide are, are much more important now in a world where schedules have been impacted so significantly than in the past where maybe five, 10% of helps the TMC was priceless. Now it's going to be 20%. Please. You just made me realize how massively spoiled I am working where I work, <laughs> uh, and, and being a road warrior. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've leaned on, on our agents, um, or, or in fact been, proactively notified about, you know, some kind of travel disruption or I'd miss a connection and here were the alternatives. And, and because it was done over chat, I could literally do it while I was in the air on one plane and, and seamlessly just walk to my next gate uh, when I land, as opposed to that scramble that we've all seen. And, and sadly, probably most of us have been in where, you know, you're, you're running to the airline counter, you've got the phone to the ear, you've got your laptop, or your tablet open, you're standing in line, like who's going to help me get to my meeting or, or get home to my family, right? And that's, uh, that's such a, a, a painful and, and anxiety-filled uh, you know, feeling that, we, uh, that we've all been there. Um, and I haven't had that feeling in two and a half years. So um, there are better ways of doing it, I can, I can assure you, um, and not to just be plugging, uh, plugging where I work, um, but I, I think there's a, there's a thoughtful approach here that you know, TMCs need to be part of the solution um, and not necessarily just as a, as a way to increase revenue. I mean, I've seen a, a couple that are you know, charging for those unused credits now. Oh, you've got that unused credit. You want to use it? Now I'm going to charge you an extra 20% or things like that. And um, I think the way we get back to business travel is actually by working together um, as opposed to having these sort of opposing forces. Really, really interesting all around. And what I've come away with more than anything is that although there are challenges right now to business travel, there are also a lot of benefits. And I think that you've each touched on the opportunities for collaboration in working together with our TMCs, with travel managers, with leadership inside of organizations to be more thoughtful and more conscious about how and when we're traveling, which will ultimately create a better experience so that we can get to the meetings that we want to get to. So I'd love to end um, our talk right now just with a simple question, which is which trip or maybe destination are you looking forward to getting back to the most? For me, it's it's uh, getting to Sydney. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been there and I was really looking forward to that trip uh, this year. Uh, it's the uh, the only office uh, from our company that I've, I've 
yet to go to. So uh, I'm hoping to, uh, to to finally be able to uh, to close that deal, to to meet face to face with that client, and um, and and to see that office there, and get back down to uh, to Australia. Really, uh, really looking forward to that later this year, hopefully. I would say for me, it's it's Paris. Um, Arika Consulting is headquartered in Paris, and you know, eighty percent of our team are there. And you know, we've had so many great uh, projects to work on. We've been very fortunate uh, that we've been very busy during during this time. So I can't wait to see the the smiling faces of the team that support my clients every day. Mark, Luis, thank you so much for sharing your insights and knowledge with our audience. I really appreciate you coming on today. Subscribe to Open for Business, a corporate TV podcast powered by TripActions today. This podcast is brought to you by TripActions. Fast becoming the default for corporate travel and expenses, TripActions is the leading cloud-based T&E platform that combines industry-leading tech with best-in-class travel agency service. Trusted by 4,000 companies globally, TripActions empowers organizations with real-time data and insights to make business decisions. Its flexible T&E management tools enable quick and decisive action that keep business travelers safe while controlling costs and saving money. Learn more at tripactions.com.